this is Steve with Life Worth Living. You know, Moses was the perfect example of an instrument of God. Now, an instrument, if you think of, say, a trumpet or violin or piano, is only as good as the musician who's playing that instrument. And that's how we are. We are instruments, and we need to make ourselves available to God. And when God begins to blow through us, if you will, if we say we're a trumpet, the beautiful music that comes out as a result of making ourselves available to God is just a, a work of art. It's a work of beauty. And so listen in as Sarah uh, teaches on how Moses was an instrument of God and how we can be the same thing as well. So I'm going to be talking about Moses, and we're going to be camping out in Exodus pretty much the whole time. So I'm going to start in Exodus 2, verse 11. And so that verse says, One day after Moses had grown, it happened that he went to his countrymen and looked with compassion at their hard labors. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his countrymen. And um, so Moses was a Hebrew, but he grew up in the Egyptian palace because his mom, you know, wanted him to be saved his life during, you know, Pharaoh's, he was wanting to kill all Hebrew babies. And so Moses was spared. But I thought it was so interesting that Moses, way before he knew God's call on his life, he had compassion for the people he was called to. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew and he was like, that's not right. My heart is going out to that Hebrew because God had placed that, you know, concern in his heart for the, the people he had called him to. And I was seeing how his compassion was genuine because he took action. And that's how you know, you know, if someone's love is genuine, they, their actions show it. They don't just say, I love you with their words, but their actions show, you know, I love that person. And so he took action on the oppression that was taking place. And in verse 23 through 25 in Exodus 2, it says, Now it happened after a long time that the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel groaned and sighed because of the bondage, and they cried out, and their cry for help because of their bondage ascended to God. So God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God saw the sons of Israel, and God took notice and was concerned about them, knowing all, understanding all, and remembering all. Man, I love that, how God hears our cries, and our cries reach God, which is just amazing when you think about it. And I just highlighted certain words in that verse, just thinking how God Almighty, he heard them, he remembered them, he saw them, he took notice, all because he was concerned for them, he cared for them, and he loved them. And as I was, I took a, one of my finals this last week, and I get so nervous for tests, and I was praying that the Lord would help me. And right before I took it, I felt like the Lord, he told me, I hear you, and I'm going to answer you. <laughs> and it's so cool how, you know, a test isn't a really big deal compared to God, but it's cool how he cares about the things, you know, that we care about, big or small. But I was thinking, it's so cool how God's concern is accompanied with three things that no one else's concern is accompanied with. And God's concern is accompanied with his om omniscience, which means he is all-knowing. 
his omnipresence with me, which means he's everywhere present with us, and his omnipotence, his all powerfulness. <laughs> and so just thinking how his concern is accompanied with his, he knows everything. He's always with me and he's all powerful. And so there's no reason to fear. And so just as Moses moved to act on this Hebrew's behalf that was being abused, God moves on our behalf when we're being attacked by the enemy, which is an awesome truth to realize. And going to Exodus 3, verse 5, it says, Then God said, do not, oh, let me give you a little context. So now in chapter 3, Moses had left Egypt because they saw that he killed a Hebrew, an Egyptian, and so he couldn't stay there anymore. So he's in the desert just being a shepherd, you know, doing mundane, regular things. And he came across, God spoke to him in this burning bush. So that's where we're at in verse five. Then God said, do not come near, take your sandals off your feet because the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And I read an article on the next few things that I'm about to say, and it just is so cool how this article was explaining how Moses was just doing normal, mundane responsibilities, nothing, you know, too exciting. <laughs> but it's cool how God appeared to him in this miraculous way. And that's what we can have, too, in our mundane stuff like school or work, you know, the things that aren't really exciting. God wants to appear to us in miraculous ways every single day. And the word in um, Hebrew that is used for God is Yahweh. And I looked up the meaning of Yahweh, and it means God is present, and he's with us. And that's what God was wanting to show Moses through this experience, that I am present here in the mundane and the miraculous. And um, it's cool because, you know, we're always hearing God is with us. But God wanted to make Moses aware that he was with him through this experience. And God wants to do that in all of us. He wants to let us have the awareness of his presence. And I just wanted to pause and focus on the significance of removing sandals. Because that happens a few times in the Bible. And it's important to know the meaning. And I just wrote down from the, this article that it was explaining, it says, it's the forfeiting of comforts, rights, and a willingness to surrender our past, present, and future to God, who alone equips us. And so taking off your sandals is like just taking off everything, like your, your opinions, your desires, just, it's like a surrender, a sign of surrender to God, knowing that he's greater and his plan is the best for us. And another interesting thing was that in the Old Testament, when someone would take, they would take off their shoes before they would enter a home. And um, this article was saying how Moses had been rejected by the Hebrews and the Egyptians, but in a sense, he was entering his true home, God, by taking off his sandals. He was like, I'm home now with God. Um, and so God established his presence through this experience. And I know in my life, whenever I go through certain struggles and God brings freedom, I know, wow, God is with me. You know, in the hard times, it's hard to sense God's presence because it's a struggle. Like, you don't feel his presence. But when he brings that freedom, you're like, wow, God is really with me. You have that awareness. And so taking off your sandals is taking off barriers, is taking off excuses of every reason why you can't wholeheartedly surrender to God. And it's showing that I'm making myself available to serve you, Lord, because you're, you're the best option for me. And so if you're wondering why God isn't interrupting your mundane with his miraculous ways, 
we need to ask ourselves, are we yielding ourselves to God? Are we making ourselves available to him? Are we allowing distractions to guide us instead of the Holy Spirit? And so we have to yield to him in order for him to interrupt our mundane, comfortable lives with the calling that we may not feel equipped for, but it's cool because that when God calls, he also delivers. He equips, which is so cool because a lot of the times you're focused, so focused on God's call and then you get overwhelmed like saying, I can't do it though. I'm not equipped. I, I can't do it. But we need to remember the one who calls also equips and delivers. And so we need to learn to rely on his presence and act in his power every day because he is present with us. He's, he's very present, just like he was with Moses, even if he doesn't appear to you in a, in a burning bush. And I wanted to read Amos 3.3. And this verse is so cool. It's so short, but it's cool. It says, do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? And so in order to walk with the Holy Spirit, we have to agree and go in the direction he's going. <laughs> if you're going with a friend and they're going to Taco Bell, but you don't want to go and you want to go to Chick-fil-A, you're going to split because you're not going in their direction. And that's the same with the Holy Spirit. He's leading and he's going in a certain direction. So we either yield to him and agree and go with him or we say no I'm doing my own thing and then you go the other way which is not a good option to do <laughs> and so um, I wanted to read uh, Ephesians six fifteen, and it says find divine strength in knowing that our feet are fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace and so when we take off our sandals God puts on his sandals on our feet which is the gospel, and we will, you know, begin to walk and spread the good news that Jesus has put on us. And um, in Exodus 3, verses 11 through 12, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And God said, certainly I will be with you. This shall be a sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve and worship God at this mountain. And, you know, we can't uh, beat up Moses too much because I'm sure we would do the same. But Moses kept saying, how am I going to do this? What am I going to do? How is this going to happen? He said, I am like one sentence, three times. <laughs> but then God reminded them that it is I who is with you. It is I who is going to accomplish this. And we need to be reminded of that a lot of the times that we can't be focused on ourselves. We have to be focused on God. And so Moses was getting so overwhelmed at this impossible task of bringing hundreds of thousands of Hebrews out of Egypt, out of slavery. But he was overwhelmed because he was focused on himself. He was focused on his inabilities and limitations. And just like my dad was talking about this morning, if we're living in the flesh, we're going to limit ourselves. We're, we can't do what God has called us to do because we're not capable in our own strength. And but it was God who was calling him. So that's where our focus needs to be. We can't take, we can't receive God's call and focus on ourselves immediately because we won't accomplish it. We have to keep our focus on the Lord. And so in order to follow God, our focus must be on him. We must be looking at him in order to follow him. And um, Tara gave this example on um, Wednesday night in our young adult group. Um, 
on Instagram or Facebook, if you're following someone, you're going to be looking at what they're posting, you know, keeping up to date with their life. And if you, you know, look up to them a lot, you might try to dress like them or look like them. And that's what we need to do with Jesus. If we're following him, we need to look at him. How is he acting? What is he doing? What is he thinking? We need to mimic Jesus's every move and his way of living. And um, moving on to Exodus 4, verses 10 through 12. Then Moses said to the Lord, Please, Lord, I am not a man of words, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute or the deaf or the seen or the blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now then go, I, even I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. And so this is Moses' second time of questioning himself and saying, how am I going to do it? And God kept reminding him, I am with you, which means his ability is with us. His giftings are with us. And man, God blessed me so much through this reading, but I just wrote down, God doesn't wait to call us until we're perfect because we never will be, (laughs) which is actually a graceful act because he calls us in our imperfections because we won't be perfect until we get to heaven. And so don't disqualify God's call because of certain weaknesses. We will always have weaknesses because this is an imperfect world. And so the, the thing that we should focus on is God who is perfect. That's the thing that counts. We should stop exalting our imperfection so much and exalt God's perfection in our life. And so God was going to work through Moses' weakness and the only thing Moses needed to do was yield to him. (laughs) He didn't need to focus on the weakness that was present, but he needed to focus on God's perfection that was present. That was the important thing. And so um, just thinking how Moses kept exalting his weakness above God's abilities, which I struggle with all the time. I always, you know, focus on the things I don't like about myself, but when in reality, we need to be exalting God's abilities, his, his capacities, everything about God, we need to exalt above our, you know, the things we don't like about ourselves. But Moses kept bringing up his weaknesses, and so God allowed Aaron um, to have a role in the freeing of the um, Hebrews. And um, I just was thinking how I don't want to alter God's plan because I'm so focused on myself. Because this plan for Moses was originally for Moses and no one else, you know, to be the deliverer for the Hebrews in Egypt. But he kept saying, I can't speak. I'm not a good speaker. And so God allowed Aaron to be a part of the plan. But I just, I want to do God's plan and I don't want to let my weaknesses alter it. And so everything flows as it should when we're focused on the greatest one who gives us ability beyond our weaknesses. God wants to work through and beyond our weaknesses to bring strength. And so Moses and Aaron went on and, you know, did as the Lord told them. And in Exodus 4, verse 31, So the people believed, and when they heard that the Lord was concerned about the Israelites and that he had looked with compassion on their suffering— They bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord. And I love that verse because people need to know that God has compassion on them. They were touched thinking that 
God has compassion on us, and we need to hear it, and other people need to hear it, so it's so important to share that truth. But I was also thinking how it's so cool when God calls us to certain people group, he's not only preparing us, but he's also preparing the people on the other end to receive the good news. The Israelites were you know, odd that God had compassion on them, and Moses was going to bring that compassion. So he prepares you and the, the people you're called to to receive and grow. And going now to Exodus 5, verses 20 through 21. When they left Pharaoh's presence, the four men met Moses and Aaron, who were waiting for them. And the four men said to them, May the Lord look upon you and judge you, because you have made us odious in the sight of Pharaoh and his servants. And you have put a sword in their hand to kill us. And so what had happened Moses and Aaron had taken that step in asking Pharaoh to free the Hebrews, but um, instead of freeing them, uh, the Pharaoh increased their labor. He was making them work even harder as slaves. And so this Hebrew foreman was like, why did you do this? (laughs) We're working harder now, and I don't like this. And so he didn't like, you know, the increased labor But I wrote down, our trust must be based on what God said and not on what we see. Because Moses had heard from God, I want to free my people. But all the people were seeing was increased labor. But that's when it's so important to apply God's word over our circumstances. We can't let our circumstances determine our belief in God's word. The word has to come first. And so in verses 22 through 23 in chapter 5, Oh, Lord, why have you brought harm and oppression to this people? Why did you ever send me? I cannot understand your purpose. Ever since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has harmed and oppressed this people, and you have done nothing at all to rescue your people. And so Moses was going through some rough times, I'm sure, as we all do. We, I'm, I know, I have questioned God and wonder, why did you allow this to happen? You know, I thought it was going to go this way, but it doesn't seem like it's going that way. But so much of the time, we want to see immediate results. So when God tells us something, we're like, okay, it'll happen today. <laughs> but that, it doesn't usually happen that way. God's purpose has stages. And so we need to trust God in his timing for each stage and not let that circumstances determine our faith in God. Um, let's see, just because God calls us doesn't mean everything will be easy or smooth. You know, sometimes you're in a valley and then sometimes you're in a mountain, but know that God is with you in each stage of the plan and he's, he's working it out even if it seems out of control. Um, let's see. Oh, and then going on now in chapter six of Exodus, Chapter 5 ended with Moses seriously questioning God, but chapter 6 opens up with God answering Moses, which is so cool that God answers us. Even when we're questioning him, he answers. And look at God's response in verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For under compulsion he will let them go, but under compulsion he will drive them out of his land. And so it's so cool. God just responded by saying the original plan. I'm in control and these people will be let go and the Pharaoh will 
do as I say he will do. And I was just thinking how since God is big enough to call us and equip us, he's also big enough to answer our questions. And I think a lot of the times the enemy wants to make us feel like we can't ask God questions, but it's actually pleasing to the Lord when we ask questions, obviously with a humble heart, not a, not a defiant heart, but he, he wants to answer our questions. And so don't let those questions hinder you. Um, so God answered Moses' doubts and concerns by reminding him that he is in control of the situation, but he's also in control of Pharaoh. <laughs> so much of the time, like you look at the situation in Russia and Ukraine, how Putin seems you know, to be in control and doing whatever he wants, but we need to remind ourselves God is even in control of Putin. And in you know, those leaders that seem so out of control, God is in control of them. And that's what Moses need to he- needed to hear. And um, if you look at verses um, 2 through 5 in chapter 6, God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, uh, the Lord, I did not make myself fully known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, where they resided as foreigners, before I have heard the groanings of, Israel, of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. And so God not only reminded Moses that he was in control, but he reminded Moses of his past wonders, of his past deliverances. And so that's what we need to do when we are going through a dark time. We need to you know, bring out the memories that God did wonders for me in the past, and he wants to do that again in my present situation. So we need to remember to remind ourselves that God is good even in this tough time. And in verses 6 through 8 in, cha- in chapter 6, Therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will redeem and rescue you with an outstretched arm, and with great acts of judgment. Then I will take you from my people, and I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who redeemed you and brought you out, of, out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And so Moses need to be, needed to be reminded that God was the one who was going to accomplish his will. He was going to make it happen, and Moses was just the instrument And it was vital for Moses to have his eyes on God in order to obey. And so we need to have our eyes on Jesus. When we're having struggle obeying God, we need to say, where is my focus right now? What am I looking at? Am I focused on myself? Am I focused on another person? And obedience will flow when we're focused on the most loving God, the most merciful God. And so it's so important to know where our focus is at. And Moses wasn't going to accomplish, you know, this big task that God was calling him to do. Moses was just the instrument. God was the one who would bring the deliverance. And it was so cool as I was preparing for this, God gave me the, a cool picture. As I was thinking, Moses is the instrument. I, was, I had a picture of like a trumpet. And, you know, we're like the instrument. We're the trumpet. And we can't do much because we need someone to blow their breath through us to make music. And I was thinking that's how it is with God's call. Um, he's, we're just the, the vessel, the instrument, and God's the one who blows through us to accomplish his will. And that 
takes some pressure off of us thinking, you know, I, I don't accomplish anything. I'm just here to be obedient and to yield, and God will work through me. And so that, that really blessed me. And um, just thinking how our focus just needs to be on Jesus. And we're going to sing a song after this called Turn Your Eyes on Jesus. But I just wanted to read the chorus. It's so cool. Um, it says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And so, you know, so much of the time the enemy wants us to be so focused on ourselves, on problems, whatever, you know, struggles that we're going through. When we're exalting that so much, we, we miss what God is trying to tell us. But as soon as we look to Jesus, those things just grow dim. <laughs> they grow dark, and God grows brighter. And so it's so important to have our eyes on him. And in verses 8 and 9 in Exodus 6, I will bring you to the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. You have my promise of my changeless omnipotence and faithfulness. And just pausing, I love how it says, you have my promise. Just realize that God's promises are meant to be our possession. His promises are possession meant to be applied and practiced daily. But uh, it says, Moses told this to the Israelites, but they didn't listen to him because of their impatience and because of their forced labor. And so, you know, Moses was receiving encouragement from God, but then the Israelites was like, I don't know how this is going to happen. We're impatient. We don't like our situation. They were just, you know, hopeless. And so it's important to know that God is the one who calls us and he will bring us to our destination. The one who calls you when you're a baby Christian is also going to be bring you to, you know, maturity and the destination. And um, in order to experience all the things that God has for us, he must be Lord. It's so important for us to realize that he's the master, we're the servant, he's the potter, we're the clay. And that's something I struggle with so much, you know. I want to be in control, but I can't be in control. And God's way is way better than my way. And um, I was laying in bed one night and God gave me a cool picture, like an analogy of his lordship and my servanthood. And it's like the ocean. The ocean is God, he's Lord. And we can either choose to go along with the current of his lordship and just be, you know, moved anywhere he wants us to be moved. But when we're saying, no, I want to do what I want to do, and you go against the current, you're just going to get smushed and, you know, get caught in waves and not go anywhere. Um, Tim Keller said something so cool. He said, a selfish life is a stagnant life. You're not going to go anywhere being selfish. And, but when we're selfless, we're going to go places because we're allowing God to be Lord. And the good news is blocked when that God will accomplish everything when we're so focused on ourselves. So nothing good comes from focusing on ourselves. And verse 10 through 13 in Exodus 6, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, go tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the children of Israel go out of his land. But Moses said to the Lord, Lord, the Israelites have not listened to me. So how then will Pharaoh listen to me? For I am unskilled and inept in speech. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them a command 
um, concerning the Israelites and Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the Israelites out of the land of Egypt. And so Moses was still caught up on his weaknesses, and he was limiting himself because he was basing what God said on his past experience. And we can't allow our past experience to determine our faith in God for the present. And our past experience has nothing to do with what God is telling us to do right now. God had something for us in the past, which is done. We don't need to worry about it anymore. But he has something for us to do right now. And we just need to obey him based on what he's saying, not based on what happened yesterday or what I think is going to happen tomorrow. And um, and just just thinking how Moses, during the process and the journey of, you know, obeying God, of bringing freedom to the Egypt, the Hebrews, he was learning how God is good. He was learning and knowing how God is trustworthy, and he began to let go of his if, ands, buts, hows, and everything. And that's what we need to do as we walk with God. We will know each step of the journey that, wow, God, God is going to provide. He's, he's good, and he, he, he's in control. And so Moses had to learn and follow by leaning. Um, there was a post on Instagram that said, there's a type of learning that only comes by leaning. <laughs> and that, that's so true. So much of the time we try to just figure out all the answers, but sometimes we just have to lean on God <laughs> and learn through that way and let him be God. And um, my last verse is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, surrender to him, and he will make your path straight. And three words stuck out to me in this verse was trust, lean, and submit. And I looked up um, on Bible Hub the Greek um, meaning of these words, and they also had similar words listed. And so I just wrote down a few for trust. It, it had Bold, careless, confident, felt secure, rely, make to hope, satisfied, and content. And one word that really stuck out to me was complacent. And usually complacent is a negative word. Like you don't want to be complacent because in yourself that is a negative thing because you won't go anywhere. But it's a good thing in when you place your trust in the Lord, you can be complacent in God, <laughs> which means you could just rest in him. Uh, another word was careless. When you're trusting in God, you can be careless, not worrying about anything, not worrying about tomorrow because you know God is in control and I don't have to worry about anything. And lean, some of the similar words to that word was support oneself, rest yourself, supported and stay. And I love that word stay. Leaning is meant in, in the spiritual sense, it's meant to be a permanent thing. We're not meant to just lean on God for five minutes and say, okay, I can live by my strength again. <laughs> no, leaning is meant to be a permanent position with us. We're supposed to lean on God every single day. And then for submit, it means to yield, resign, surrender to power, will, or authority. Give up resistance, yield opinion without murmuring, and to commit to another. And that's what we're doing with Jesus, and that's what Moses, Moses learned as he walked with God to free the Hebrews. And so if you take away anything from this, just remember that we must trust God. We must 
lean on God and remain leaning and we must submit to him.